This is episode 58 of the Rising Man podcast with Nathaniel Salas. It's all about the journey, not the destination. What's up, my Rising Man family, and welcome back to another episode of the Rising Man podcast. My name is Jedi Azuma, and I'm the host and creator of the show. If you don't know me already, it's good to have you here. And if you're back again for another dose of Rising Man, thanks for joining us. Got a really powerful interview today with one of my new brothers in my life, a man that I've been connecting with from a distance, but haven't really dove in with yet. So this was a really powerful conversation. But before we get into introducing my guest and all of the wisdom he has to bring, I want to make sure that I circle back and mention some really powerful opportunities for you men out there to get involved, to get engaged with other men in this process of being our best, bettering our best and becoming the man that we always wanted to be. The first place for you guys to stop if you haven't already heard about or are not already engaged with is the Conscious Man Brotherhood. This is the coalition of brothers that I have partnered with to be a part of the transformation that's happening on this planet right now to support men in discovering and identifying our masculine power and making sure that there is a network and a community of support for all men out there across the world. And Right now, we're telling men all over the planet to join us inside of the PAC Facebook group. This is where we are continuing the conversation of manhood and masculinity in all of its facets, in all the dimensions of what it means to be a man. So if you're not already aligned with the PAC Facebook group, head over to facebook.com slash groups slash the PAC Brotherhood so you can get involved with that community and dive in a little bit deeper beyond just listening to the podcast, but actually getting involved in the work in sharing in supporting and being supported by men who care. Our next Man Cave program, which is a 12-week immersive program of evolution, expansion, and leveling up our lives as men together in community, starts March 16th. And so if you're a man who is looking for an opportunity to level up your life and to connect with brothers, even if you are in the middle of nowhere, USA, or somewhere else in the world, you can be a part of this because it's all virtual, all online. If you're interested and you want to apply, make sure you go grab your seat, head over to prestonsmiles.com slash cave. The link for that will be in the show notes if you're looking for it. If you're looking for another opportunity, yet another opportunity to engage with a circle of men, then partner up with us in the Rising Man Fire Circle. We're going to be having our next fire circle this Saturday, February 23rd from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. In order to get involved with that, you can send us a direct message on Facebook, on Instagram, anywhere that you can connect with me directly. We'll make sure you guys get a link if it's your first time. And in order to keep the Rising Man moving forward and and leveling up, we're asking for the Rising Man community to support us. I've had many conversations with my Rising Man power team, and we all agree that the Rising Man gets to be supported by the men who are benefiting from these conversations that we're creating. So we lovingly ask for your support your contributions your donations and you can do so by heading over to our patreon page at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash rising man we've got some amazing opportunities for you guys who are able to contribute and choose to contribute at different levels so go check that out for those of you who really want to step in and lean into the rising man fire circle the 33 dollar tier is what gets you access to myself my team the community that's growing of men who want to lean in a little bit more and ask the hard questions and to confront the challenges that we're facing in the supportive community. So, so many opportunities for you men out there to get engaged and involved. If you're not in already, then make sure you lean in a little bit harder because this is what The Rising Man is all about. All right, without further delay, my guest for this week is none other than Nathaniel Salas. He is a personal performance expert, a strategic consultant, and motivational speaker. He supports inspired individuals to transform the way they think, feel, and act in order to be more effective and fulfilled in everything they do. He's the founder of the Activation Academy, and he lives his message of self-mastery and self-alchemy Supporting leaders, staying integrated, growing with grace, and living with mastery. A man who is truly 
living and embodying his work. In this episode, we talked about how to engage in the process of self-mastery and support of our individual missions in life, which is one of my favorite topics of discussion. I really enjoy the way that Nathaniel brings his perspective to this topic and the conversation that emerged from it. We talk about getting out of the comparison spiral, especially us men. How often do we walk into a room and just size up every other man there and decide if where do we stand in the pecking order? How we can get out of that so we can all support each other and amplify each other's power instead of trying to compete with it. We talked about mastering the basics in order to create our best lives and our best selves, the intimate secrets of self-mastery, and how part of the masculine journey of mastery includes mastering our sexual impulses. And so much more. Great conversation with Nathaniel Salas, but I'll let him do the rest of the talking. Without further ado, Nathaniel Salas. All right, Rising Man fam, I have the Nathaniel Salas in the building, freezing his butt off here in Ojai, California. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing so good, man. It's kind of like a, it's just like a permanent cold therapy tank in my house without propane right now, but we're, we're, we're doing yeah. good, man. Give us just like 30 seconds of context of why you guys are freezing in your house. <laughs> well, basically we, we moved into this new place in Ojai. And if you don't know about Ojai, it's one of the most incredible, beautiful valleys. One of the few prominent East West valleys in the world, actually. And super magical place. We moved into this new house and just kind of didn't think to check the propane when we moved in and then got the, got the notice basically by not being able to heat up our water <laughs> a couple days oh. ago. And then we're waiting for propane. Mm. So but it's such a perfect example of like the stuff we get to jam on today. It's like the way we got to utilize that as a call to adventure as opposed to a call to like victimhood or a call to like <laughs> annoyance Ooh, yeah. or upsetness, you know? Um, yeah, of course. Just totally, totally enjoying the, the, the perfect little, you know, storyline that life always keeps setting up for us, you know? I like that, man. I like that. The, the, just the practice of seeing adversity as an opportunity yeah. versus that. It's so easy to slip into that victim mindset, especially when you're freezing your ass off and you're uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's a tough one. Yeah. And there's a, yeah. And there's a few, you know, it's, it's getting me to pull out my, my tools as well. Cause whether it's like doing certain kind of Qigong Tai Chi influence practices or breathwork practices or all these different things, it's like, all right, well now I actually, I'm glad I've actually, I've really been using those. Uh, yeah. so I can like keep my, keep my body warm and keep functioning. You know, I've done a bunch of other calls today and, and things like that, but we can make this really relevant because it's been this really beautiful shift to my week where I was legit planning on a completely different like energy and vibe for the week, which would include some mm -hmm. hot baths and, you know, being able to like <laughs> heat up my water on the stove and all these kinds of things. But it's been this perfect because I'm also in this stage where there's a lot of expansion, a lot of growth. I'm, I'm cleaning up a lot while also building a lot at the same time. And mm -hmm. I think it's so easy to kind of get in that, that state where we're holding on to an expectation of like, all right, this is how things are going right now. I'm in that flow. And as long as, I, as long as it stays that way, I'll be happy. I'll be okay with it. I'll approve of it, right? So the fact that it right. gave me such a pattern interrupt that's ultimately harmless, right? Like I, I could go, there's other places in town I could go. And, you know, I went to a coffee shop the other day, but it's like to let it come in and literally be this thing that sparks joy and, and hilarity almost. It's, it's actually adding to my week as opposed to detracting from it, right? Or like, sure, man. Track. But, that, but that's totally like this skill of perception of like how I'm playing with it, right? Instead of just the yeah. default reaction to it. Because we totally got annoyed. Believe me, it's like, oh shit, there's no hot water. We were pissed uh, for like... <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, of course. So, yeah, and, and I'm sure I can imagine a couple of things. Number one, I'm sure as soon as that sun comes up, you're outside. Oh yeah. Because you want to heat up your body, oh, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So what a, what a great opportunity to spend a little more time outside. Exactly. And also the second thing that came up is appreciating how many people are freezing their ass off and don't have another Dude. option right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were just, especially the rains that just came in my through. House, I was we're just talking about how like outside. once the propane goes back in, we probably don't even need to turn the heater back on. Cause it's like, here we are. It's like, we can deal with it. It's not like it's actually crazy. And like, why are we, but, and then that's a perfect example too, of just like constantly questioning, questioning like the normalized zone that we create for ourselves, like this comfort zone. Right. Mm. I feel like so much of of your show and what you're doing by bringing best guests on and, and everything that you're diving into as well. It's like creating as much opportunity as possible for the men and people who listen to like notice something differently 
right? Or to get it from a different angle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, like I was just on a live stream before this and the value of uh, us coming together, especially as men too, and sharing, because it can be such a almost unconscious kind of normalized thing of men too, to, to be in this competitive space where we're not sharing ideas or if we are, it's from the sake of like, who's more philosophical or who's got the grander <laughs> idea, right? Versus just coming the together. bigger words. <laughs> yeah, versus coming together and actually just playing with the ideas themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think which I think is absolutely huge. I'm actually curious because like this is a this is one of our first times actually connecting too, you know. Mm-hmm. And you were sharing right before the call that self-mastery was something that's been more and more like enticing and is is kind of coming through on the show and everything that you're speaking into. And mm-hmm. I'd actually love to hear just intuitively from you, like when like the idea of self-mastery. Where, where have you seen that really show up in your life in a potent way as far as like a call to arms or, or, some, or, or even just an intention? Like where has that really landed for you? Because I know you, you have mm-hmm. a background in, in martial arts, right? And in different yep. you know, aspects of the body and movement and fitness in a sense. But I know that's translated other things. I'd love to hear like mm-hmm. how that's shown up for you. Well, it's, it's really cool, man, because mastery is the first time I heard the word mastery. It was a relief. Mm-hmm. It was, it gave me a, an outlet to channel my previous way of being, which is perfectionism oh, wow. because ma- mastery gives me a whole different context in which to practice becoming who I am. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to be a perfect, I can be a practice. And so for me, my journey in mastery really started with exploring spirituality and spending many hours, many days in meditation and always looking to sharpen my tools. That, that's what I believe mastery is, is, is laying our tools out on the table and playing with them, sharpening them, trying them on, working them against other tools and other people's skill sets. Yeah. So martial arts has definitely been a discipline in that. But being a husband, being a father, all of these different roles and identities that I have are all my definition of my self mastery. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have our own, our own roadmap yeah. for how we, how we do that and how we get there. Yeah. So, but, it's, yeah. but it shows like the action. I love that one. I love the you use the word practice, right? My definition of mastery is simply just a commitment to the practice, mm-hmm. right? But it's not just to a practice, but to the practice, right? Cause mm-hmm. if you look at some of the similarities that all humans share, like we all wake up every day, we wake up. So that's a ritual that gets to become a ritual that we all have access to each day. Every human eats, they breathe, they go to the bathroom, right? They have sex or at least have sexual energy in their body. They have creativity, whether that's channeled in a business or projects or whatever it is, right? So it's like we all have these shared things, Mm -hmm. which shows that is the practice for us to show up to, right? It's like these little moments throughout our day where that is the moment to practice the new self or to really like show up to that. And I love too that you have the husband and father piece is this whole other element too that comes in that I, I don't have that, you know, that's not a role that I'm involved mm-hmm. in yet. And is just this whole other level of, <laughs> of mastery too. So like kudos to you for, I think it's important to get those reality checks too, where someone can be stressing about, oh man, like things aren't working the way I want them to work. Da, 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 da. And then there's somebody else where it's like, yeah, and <laughs> you know, I'm doing all that and I'm showing up for my wife and I'm showing up for a kid. It's like this whole other level too. Like I have a lot of friends who are single moms and they're some of the mm. most kick-ass people ever. And sometimes when I'm feeling a little stressed out or something, I just remind myself like, oh my gosh, right? Like I could be a single mom right now. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but also like, yeah. like who am I to complain when it's like, I don't, I'm only worried about me, right? It's like yeah. to have yeah. these other people in your field like that are dependent on you in that sense is really powerful. Well, see, that's interesting because I do that myself. Yeah, I, 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 it's been really helpful, really useful for me to remind myself of how great my life really is. Yeah, because wherever we put our attention is is what is going to grow. Yeah, right. And then there's the other side of it too that it's the comparison game, mm-hmm. you know, of, of comparing my journey in mastery to your journey in mastery, and especially in this dialogue as men, how often are we walking into a room? and instinctively sizing up every other man in there to see, can I, can I take the, am I the bat, am I the biggest badass in this room or not? And who do I have to take out on an energetic level? So where do you feel that competition and comparison falls in this conversation of mastery? Yeah, dude, I love that you just spoke into that, that particular dynamic of the like sizing up and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I found for me, and this shows up in a few different dynamics, but it's like, I found for me that it's, I'm under the, I'm in the camp right now that it's like, 
that's something that can reactively and in a sense naturally arise for me if I walk into a room because of the fact that that's what allowed me to survive, right? And it's allowed my ancestors to survive, right? I only exist because my ancestors were cautious and fearful and essentially like anxious enough to survive their way to get me here, right? So it's like there's mm-hmm. this, there's, there's one level of like from just a biological perspective, it's like it would make sense that you want to have a good gauge and a good assessment of the people around you, et cetera, from a sense of safety and a sense of all that. But what I'm realizing is like we're, we're, well, one, like even you and me, we're essentially the first generation in the history of humans who can be as free as we are now, right? Mm-hmm. Who can actually for a moment like tap into like I'm at peace. No one's trying to kill me, right? I have food. I have water. I have shelter. I have all these things. Unfortunately, not everybody's in that place yet, but we're one of the, one of the few that actually get to like grab a hold of that for a moment and actually do something with it. So I've been at the same time that I've been so fascinated and trying to bring as much awareness as I can to these unconscious, these very subtle, almost not almost, but very primal urges to compare myself and size up and, and check where I, you know, like where do I fall in the ranks or where do I fall in all these kind of things? And then also really questioning that, right. And really checking in with that. It's like, where does that come from? And if do, is there something, and what I found is, if I walk into a room and notice that's reactively happening, it's because I, that's the result of me living a certain type of day where I wasn't cultivated enough in my own being, where I, mm. you know, if, if I was cultivated enough in my own being, I would have naturally walked in that room so busy feeling fulfilled that I wouldn't even have the, like, the, the bandwidth to like play that game, mm. right? Or to do those kinds of things. So I think that's a big part of what we're stepping into and getting more of a taste of. And I want to tie that as well, just to a very you know common kind of man experience as well. It's like you walk into a room and then you're also gauging all the women in that room, right? And mm. I, I would say from one perspective in my, in my experience, before I had something to say about it, that was just a purely sexual filter, right? You walk right. in a room, you're like, all right, who's the hottest? who's got the most cleavage hanging out. And it's just this like default reactive. You're just like, da, 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 and you're imagine everyone naked and you're running through this little pornographic scene in your head. And I can, re- I can totally track that reactive thinking to my unhealthy relationship with like pornography and sexual culture and, and you know, this sort of like shadowy sexual culture that's out there. And the more that I've been questioning that and cleaning that up as well, it's like, that's actually shifting. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like what we're almost poking at as part of the conversation of like, being willing to look at what is natural and what is normal for men and how maybe we, there's things that we have normalized that when you actually look at them and unpack them a little bit, it's like they don't necessarily need to be that way. And in my life, it's like, as an example, technically there's nothing wrong with porn, but it's clear of where it's effect and, and like how it's affecting people and certain people with whatever they got going on, how they can be affected by that. Right. But it's still, I think what's so important right now is that we're actually having the conversation. We're actually open to it. We're actually like curious and looking. It's like, what are my unconscious tendencies? What are my reactions as a man when I walk into a room, when I engage with somebody? Like, what's actually going on in there? And the fact that we're even having the conversation, I think, is just so powerful and beautiful and, and something that. Totally, man. It's, it's just like, I, I feel honored to be here to be doing it, to be opening up to it. And I can also just feel the power too, where it's like one of my other unconscious sort of normalized tendencies is to not speak up about this stuff, right? Like Mm -hmm. as a man, like I don't want to talk about how I'm thinking about women when I walk in the room, right? Or how I'm comparing myself to other guys. And yet it is such a real thing. And yet it is essentially running my whole life, right? So it's Mm -hmm. such a vulnerable, but so necessary and so especially right now, right? Like so relevant to Mm -hmm. what we, we need to be able to to, to do as men. We have to be able to open up. Like we have to get yeah. this kind of, I'm reading this book right now called Transparency by Penny Pierce. And she's diving into so many pieces that are hitting that where it's like, we're in such a powerful, potent phase of healing right now where a lot can come through, but it is going to take this level of transparency, right? And vulnerability to really look at that. And it's, it's such a big conversation. And I'm glad that you brought it up. It's funny because the last two weeks, this is the topic that has kept coming up for me. I did a, I did a live like two yeah. weeks ago talking about porn and for me, for, for the first time, really appreciating how that voyeuristic sexual satisfaction has played into the way that we show up in the world. Yeah. I just started going back to the gym for the first time in years. Yeah. And I walk into the gym and I see that every guy is tracking the hottest, 
girl in the in the gym who's wearing the tightest clothes and everything's hanging out and and we've created this culture from both sides mm-hmm. and and it's affected it's a, we've we've conditioned ourselves to behave a yeah. certain way to look for certain things and to satisfy our urges in a certain way and there's also a lot of shame tied to it yeah. because you know if you're the guy checking the you know checking someone out across the gym and not saying anything you're a creeper yeah doesn't yeah. matter what you look like or you know yeah. anything it, you're cre- you're creeping yeah. you're creeping on her and so they immediately it, wait to be attached shame it's to so it. weird because it's also like we're literally designed to be attracted to women in the sense yeah. that like we create babies and then you know keep the species going and like that's just it's it's so natural to do that mm. and then when it gets attached to these other things and like the fact that it unfortunately like and i've i've seen guys as well or even no guys where it's like what they're doing straight up is like creepy. Like in my, from mm-hmm. my opinion, where it's like, oh, I'm like actually not down with that. I don't think that's healthy or very helpful or supportive. It's not anybody. good for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just powerful that something so natural can be so lopsided, right? And gets so yeah. out, of, out of whack. I'm curious if there's anything in, in your sense where it's like you've kind of like almost reframed something where it's like it was natural. It's like it's natural. And then we, like explore the shadow side of it and then you kind of make it okay again in a sense. That's perfect, man. It's exactly where I was going. It's it's a little bit of a left turn. It's a slight left turn, not like a full 90 degree angle. Uh, (laughs) uh, So I I always reflect back to the natural world. That's that's part of who I am. I I find my information in the trees, in the animals, in the relationships that occur outside of human influence because I believe that that is still the most natural and, and aligned way of being on this planet. Yeah. So when it comes to something like this, one gender of a species being attracted to another gender of a species, having sexual urges and and wanting to act on those sexual urges, having that come up, I'm like, man, this is what's happening in the animal kingdom. Yeah. And even when we talk about competition, it's like, hey, if you're not the biggest, baddest cat on the savannah, then <laughs> you ain't, you ain't going to make it. It's, it's, yeah, it's definitely, and, and, and I think that I love continuing to break the fourth wall. Cause even what you just said right there leads me to this idea, like we're then we need to make it okay to let this experiment be a little messy. Like we don't know exactly how it looks, how it works. It's like, where is the line? Is it supposed to be, is the whole goal to come back to this like pure natural state or is the whole goal to come to this like elevated perspective that incorporates the natural state, but also incorporates all these additional things that we've learned, right? Like Mm-hmm. Where, where do we find that line? But again, it's just the, just the openness and the willingness to have it. Something that I think is really powerful though, even just like on Facebook yesterday or the day before, I asked a very pretty controversial topic, like ask people's opinions and just see, and I got like 200 comments or something and people are just bashing each other still, mm. you know? And the fact that it's like, we got to make it okay to have the conversation first, at least, I mean, I'm so open if I'm wrong about that, right? Like I'm so open if there's a better strategy, but it just keeps coming back to like, people need to talk to people and we're just not, that's for whatever reason, that's not necessarily always landing, mm-hmm. which, which it continually br- brings me back to one, just doing my work. Cause it's like, I want to be able to navigate that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If it's not landing for them, how can I adjust? If it's not landing for me, how can I open more? So that's mm-hmm. my own personal, you know, journey, but seeing other people out there too. And it's like, man, it's clear it's pretty, it seems pretty obvious. Like there's a lot of, a lot of moves that are ready to be made, but there's still this deeper move of the, like letting the healing really be present. Mm-hmm. Right. And like letting men, like even with me too stuff or just with like, like letting this process come up for the women to like actually be heard, let that open up to this whole thing, let them be angry, let them feel what they're feeling. And then also letting the men like have their response and letting them be open and let them feel it. Right. Like when you stub your toe on accident, one of the best things you could do is like, if it hurts to just fucking feel it and like yeah. scream or just feel it. You know, it's like to let that have that natural response. Yeah. And in fact, being resistance to being in resistance to that pain and like adding more tension is going to like probably throw your body a signal that won't support you in healing that toe mm. as effectively. Right. So it's like, I have to keep reminding myself too, that we are likely still in this phase that is in a sense, still just the initial emotive reaction to the acknowledgement of the pain because the pain's real and the reaction has got to be real too. Mm. And it's almost like this, I've been putting myself in this position of 
doing my best to listen and pay attention and, but also like cultivate myself. So when it comes to the point where it's like, oh, wow, we can really start having these conversations. Mm -hmm. Am I ready for that? Have I been doing the work? Have I been looking at myself? Have I been being honest with myself? Mm -hmm. Right. Cause at the same time I can judge or, or even assess other men's behavior and all these things going on. It's like still bringing it back to me and like still mm -hmm. looking at what's going on, you know, what I got going on. And I'm Mr. Like, quote unquote, self mastery over here. Right. <laughs> and, and you best believe like I screw shit up all the time. Right. right? And, like I make mistakes all the time and I'm like, but, but I think that's part of it. And I think there's this, I tell my clients all the time too, especially when they start working with me and it's like, beware of your ironic hero's journey. Hmm. Right. I would, mm -hmm. I would imagine for you as someone who's known for being so connected to his body and, and being so aware of the, like the power of like somatic embodiment and living that I'm sure there's been times where you like avoid that or disconnect from that yourself as mm -hmm. part of your process of being that master. Not only right? that, man, I had, I had a back injury about a year and a half ago that shut me down from all of the things wow. that helped me to balance myself, my martial arts practice, my working out, playing with my son. I wasn't able to do any of it for like a year. Wow. So, and talk about, talk about a journey, you know, of coming from a, a very physical background, being a physical therapist by trade and having a, you know, a quote unquote mastery of the body. It was one of the most humbling things I, I could experience. So like you said, the ironic hero's journey, I, to I totally resonate with that man. And which adds to like, you know, cause there's like, like there's the, the, the sales expert who has a hard time making sales for whatever reason in that moment or the, right. The yoga teacher who ends up feeling depressed for months and then realizes, holy shit, I haven't been doing any yoga. I haven't been doing my right? practice. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that makes me lean into as well. Like what is, if there is, right? Like what is the practice for men right now? Mm. What does that look like? And not from this place of that, like all men should be prescribing to the same ideology or anything like that. But if we just look at the basic stuff, right, and we always can come back to like when you're eating well, sleeping well, moving well, talking well, emoting well, right, managing your thoughts, fucking doing the dishes, cleaning up your room, spending quality time in nature, quality time with people, yeah. that's basic stuff. I just listed off like eight or nine things. Mm -hmm. And when we really like lean into that and live into that, we're high performers naturally, right? right. I feel like we're intuitive, we're centered, we're, we're, we're available naturally when we take care of those things. And I'm getting this sense in my own personal journey that there is some sort of practice for men, right? There is some sort of, I'm curious, like what you found, what's been one of the most, like as, as a man in this practice of like devotion and commitment to your own excellence, because I know that's what it's about for you on, mm -hmm. on, a, on a deep level, like what's been one of the most consistent things that has just stuck around, right? Like that mm -hmm. thing that you're just so buddy buddied with. And it's like, this is, this is my jam, right? Just so like other guys can hear that too. Like, I'd love to hear what, what that's been for you. For sure, man. First, let me just say, I, I'm seeing this topic of how to practice manhood emerging. And it's, I think it's a yeah. really powerful one. I don't think, I think it's been an undertone on this podcast ever since we started, but I, I'm glad that you're bringing this medicine here today because yeah. which, what strikes me is that every man's practice of how he does and practices manhood is going to be different relative to his vision and his purpose in the world. Now I know that not every man is clear on what that is. And I think that's also a part of that hero's journey, a part of that crossing the threshold from boyhood to manhood. So for me, answering your question, my roots and my foundations in mastery began before I knew what my vision was, before I knew what my life was about. I started by waking up, making my bed, meditating for 30 minutes, moving for 45, and then having breakfast. And if I did oh. that every day, I won the day already. And yeah. any, everything else everything else from that was just yep. started to stack up. And this is a period in my life where I had just, I'd been on the road for over three months with a backpack, living in different people's homes, camping out, hitchhiking, right. you know, doing that kind of shit. And just getting to a place where I felt in my body that it needed some consistency. It needed practice. It, mm -hmm. I was done with the adventure, the openness, the flow, and I needed some consistency, which to me, that's, that's always been what masculine energy is. It's that focus, yeah. that, that structure, mm -hmm. the certainty and steadiness. So, yeah. steadiness. Exactly, man. And, and so that's what it was for me. Now I, I agree with you. I think that basic movement, eating well, sleeping well, having good relationships, managing your stress. Those are basic fundamentals that everybody can benefit from and create enough clarity 
clear, like clear the vessel enough so that we can listen more deeply to what is my life about? What is my purpose about? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. So it's almost like just piggybacking off of that. Like what I heard you say was for men out there looking for some sort of pra- like, what is the practice? Mm-hmm. It actually is this like, well, wait, first, let's just make sure you actually got the fundamentals in check because mm-hmm. whatever your personal unique, because I, one, I'm actually writing a book right now called The Ritual of Self. Mm-hmm. And it's based on this whole idea that I, I truly believe that everyone has their own infinitely unique, personalized, customized, like ritual of what, it, of what your life is that everyone gets to find, right? Mm-hmm. And sure, may, there's a bajillion people out there who do yoga and every person doing yoga, even doing the exact same move or the exact same set or the same whatever, it's completely different mm-hmm. while that person is doing that, right? So it's almost just this, the fact that we're being invited to initiate this like, this opportunity to like, hey, there is, it reminds me of the quote, like the best exercise is the exercise that you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So many people can get lost, right? Well, should I be running or like, hit, like what are, what are hit routines and what's the best combo and how do I do this? And what are all my reps? And how it's like, you get so lost in like how it's supposed to look instead of just like, no, 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 no. It's like just, exercise period. Like mm-hmm. if you feel like running, go do that. If that feels good, awesome. Your exercise today could just be having sex. It could be dancing. It could be like working in the garden, right? But it's like, whatever you're going to do is what's going to work. So in that same sense, just the invitation. And I'm, and I'm realizing even from this conversation, how really lacking that invitation is, which is just mm-hmm. like, Hey guys out there, like, like really go find yourself. And I wonder if it's, if it's from my experience and what I've seen out there and even just the data, it's like, women are from the, from the analytics in a sense, like buy more and are more involved in personal development or spiritual development kind of things. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see that continue to change, but it is interesting that there might, that there is still this kind of part of the like old programming with guys is, is almost this averseness to like, you know, like, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? You think you got like, you know, superpowers or something, dude? Like you think you're tapping into something and I'm curious what, you know, what you've tracked around that. Yeah. And that's, you bring up a great point, man. I really like this one because the word that comes to mind that, that I, I really don't like when people use it. And I think a lot of us have internalized it is the word broken. Like when people put up a post and say, there's so many broken men out there. I'm like, dude, how dare you call someone broken? Like yeah, that, that, pretty, is a, that is a creation. <laughs> yeah, sure. like, like, I mean, and to, like when you see that stuff out there, even if they're not talking about somebody specifically, just men are broken, men are wounded, men are, you know, everybody's healing something. Everybody's healing something. But yeah. that doesn't mean that we get to start looking at ourselves as broken because just the word and the context behind broken suggests that we're less than whole. And if we believe that we're less than whole, then there's something missing. There's a, there's a void, there's an emptiness. And so to me, that's a fundamental problem that we have. And I think a lot of men have internalized it and said, well, what's the use anyway? I'm broken, you know, like, like damaged goods, send me back to the manufacturer ASAP. I'll just, you know, numb myself in the meantime. Oh my God. And that's a powerful reminder though, too, though, of, of the power of, because even just one person's individual expression of like saying something about men being broken could totally ruin the day, week, month, year, life of hundreds of men, thousands of men, right? So it's like, we got to start one realizing that that's how powerful one person is, but you, anyone listening, like you are that one person as well. Mm -hmm. So it's also that invitation of like, what do you want to contribute? What do you, what are you adding to the mix? Right. I've been playing this game lately with my clients where it's like, it's one thing to the difference between what did you find there and what did you bring there? Mm. right? Cause you, let's say your simplest example, it's like, all right, it's like 10 AM on a Tuesday and it's time to like open up your computer and like do your emails, right. And like check your emails and go through all that. And it's like, so you open up your email and you're just noticing, like you just feel blah or you feel resistance, right? You're just not feeling it. Well, guess what? You, that's what you just found. You just happen to find that feeling in there. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that you find, found it should be an invitation to ask yourself, great. So what do I want to bring? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I actually want here? And, and so often we just stop at that first piece. It's like, oh, that person said that. I don't like how that feels. And I don't like how that feels. And they just stop there. But it's like, no, you just found that you don't like how that feels. Great. Well, now what would you like to bring? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's something that's, that's really getting in the way too of I'm, I'm pretty meta. So it's like, I, I trust the progress of all of it. But if we're going to speak into like improving the progress, it's yeah. like, I think there's something there with 
with the, the conversational piece. And it's like, it's, it's, it's so okay to actually, I think we're just like getting distracted from the fact that we can bring a decision to that place. Absolutely. Right? It's like, wow, this person's saying that I don't like how that feels. And that's like, okay, great. But that's, that's still in, in response to what they said. What would you like to bring? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know who said that there's some quote, but it's like, whatever you feel like the world is missing, you are withholding from the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, and even if it's like, cause that could be triggering. It's like, well, dude, what are you talking about? Like <laughs> I'm loving all the time. And I think the world's lacking love, but I really respect that. Like that invitation. That's like, okay, cool. I hear you. And are you willing to bring more love right now? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you have like a good reason not to? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or, or what are you putting your attention on? Are you putting your attention on the problem or are you yep. putting your attention on the solution? And that's another, that's another one that I love coming from the men's work and men's circles is like, Hey, being in the solution is one of the greatest masculine powers that we have. It's we are designed to solve problems and to be critical thinkers. And if we are contributing to the problem instead of looking for a solution, then we're not really tapping into what we have, what we have to Mm -hmm. offer. I want to go back a couple of steps because there was something in there in that piece when we were talking about basic foundations of mastery, when you're just getting yourself going, when you're maybe you're on the upswing of the dark night of the soul or just kind of that rock bottom, whatever you want to call it. For me, one of the most important pieces around any of this stuff is intention. Because we can take and we could take meditation, we could take a yoga practice, we could take be eating eating a vegan diet, whatever you want to call it, any of the practices. If if it's absent the intention, then we're doing it just for the sake of doing it. If we're not clear on I'm, I choose to eat vegan for the sake of not contributing to the massacre of animals on the planet, for example, whatever it is, yeah. right? Or I choose to meditate for thirty minutes every day for the sake of sharpening my mental clarity whatever it is. And that's where I think that personal journey of mastery really starts to take shape. If when we can attach our own intention and for the sake of around it, it gains strength and it gains momentum. And and we remind our ego that, yeah, this is good for us. And here's why. Otherwise it's like, Oh, I'm just meditating because I don't know. Yeah. Nathaniel said I should do it. He said, it's good for me. (laughs) But, and it's powerful too. Like you bringing that up just really had me tap into one, my entire upbringing, one, I'd never even heard the word intention until I was probably in my 20s and hanging out with like hippies and stuff, you know? Same. So like, that's, that's very interesting because mm-hmm. it's such a potent and such a real and such a like foundational piece of my life now, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to eat food. Great. What's my intention with eating? Oh, I'm going to go on a podcast. What's my, like, I got invited onto the podcast. Great. What's my intention with accepting the invitation? It's like, what does that mean? It's like, there's so many moments where we get to add meaning or create the meaning out of like what we're doing. And Mm -hmm. intention is huge. And I, from like a sort of mainstream perspective, I think most men are really lacking even that, even the awareness of that concept of setting an intention. Mm. Like Mm. it's, it's, it's fascinating. Even like you and me, I know we probably see a lot of similar people in our Facebook feed. We have a lot of mutual friends, really incredible, a lot of incredible men, incredible women, incredible people doing so much great work. And even if we have our friend list full of 5,000 people on Facebook, that is still like 0.0000001% of the, (laughs) you know, like it's not real. It's like not a real example of all of this. And it's so powerful. Like even with, with your podcast and speaking into men and men rising, it's like, it's in a sense daunting and in a sense, so exciting of like how much room there still is for learning and wisdom and growth and like the opportunity and the actual design and like functionality of how we reach men and how we invite them into this conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. Because from my, from my perspective, from my truth, from my belief, every human being at their core has this, this essence of truth, this essence of, of God and unconditional love that just gets it. Who, who knows when you're out, you know, off track, who knows when you're out of integrity, who knows like, like that you're unconscious to these things. So it's like, there's this magic of speaking to people's souls, right? Speaking to the truth and getting there. But when you brought that up, man, it hit me almost on an emotional level where I'm like, where, where do men even find that concept of intention? In yeah. like a mainstream, like, where do you even find that? Where well, does that come from? Here's the thing is even if we, if we haven't created a deliberate and conscious intention, there's still an unconscious intention there. 
Yeah, so, yeah, totally. So let's let's take yoga for example, right? I can either have a very deliberate intention about my yoga practice. I do yoga for the sake of spiritual and physical alignment, whatever. Yeah. Or I do yoga. I haven't really thought about why, but underneath it is, oh, I want to have a better body or I want to, you know, exactly. look good in front of people or oh, I want to meet man. people. It's like, oh shit, that's what was there. So it's with, when I work with my guys, I say, Hey, if there's something that you're doing in your life, check in with the intention. They're like, well, I didn't really think about it. It's like, well, there's something there. Why yeah, are I mean, you doing I get, that? Every behavior has an intention behind it. So mm-hmm. it's more that conversation of like, what actually, where is that coming from? Is it conscious or unconscious? Yeah. A lot of discovery can be made there too. A lot, a lot to learn about ourselves. It's like, oh, I never thought about it. Well, if I'm being really honest and it takes that radical honesty, because oftentimes the unconscious intention is not always something we want to take ownership of. So if we can be yeah. radically honest about it and say, you know what? Yeah. I'm just trying to look good again. That's, that's me trying to get people to like me for something that doesn't, isn't really that important to me. Mm. So the ownership piece was interesting because that's been a big part of my journey too, that I think is a huge aid to the process of healing and like growing and overcoming these things. So part of that is realizing that any part of me that acts out of integrity from a place of fear or from some programmed, you know, trauma, something that's altering my behaviors, right. From this place of not enoughness or fear or whatever it might be. Mm. It's like by the virtue of it being this altered version of me, I I actually can trust that it's not me. Mm. So it's actually been able to kind of cut a lot of my, not that I'm look. I used to want shortcuts, right? I used to want just what's the hack. How do I, how do I avoid all the pain and just like figure out all the wisdom? (laughs) Sorry. Right. So that's shifted. But if there is any sort of shortcut in a sense, it's like, how can we remove the judgment from the process of Mm. growth and self-honesty? Yep. Right. And this showed up for me in one of the most major ways when I went through this healing process with my dad. I used to have a pretty abusive relationship with my dad until I got to this point where I realized he was actually loving me in the best possible way he could. Mm. Right. Like he was running full steam ahead just within the parameters of the programming he was running. Mm-hmm. right? The programming from his dad and his beliefs and his worldview and his cultural conditioning, social mm-hmm. conditioning, all this stuff. And when I realized that was true for him, then I had to also realize that that's true for me, right? Dude. And the part of me that's, it's like, oh, I have all these intentions, these goals, these dreams and visions. And then here I am fucking up, making mistakes, like not following through, being out of integrity in XYZ areas and all these things. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest shift was like realizing that I could apply compassion to that awareness first. And that that was actually like the best aid first, always like meet it with compassion first. And I think that's such a huge piece. A lot of guys can miss out on, especially too, when a lot of what I've seen, there's, there's often men's work out there and not all men's work, but often men's work out there can come from this almost very, um, almost inflamed King warrior archetype where it's just about the, like, get your shit together, be stronger, Mm -hmm. be more powerful, really own it. Like cut out the bullshit and all that stuff, which is so relevant, important, needed, such a part of it. And that's just like a couple of the archetypes. There's a a lot more in there. Well, Let's talk about that that for a second, because this is huge. This is a really big thing. A lot of that stuff is, is still inaccessible to the man who's just stepping into it. And this is something that I've had to realize myself, you know, being in in man cave and working with Preston and the other guys as we're developing content for men to step up, to step up to this level. It in concept, we can get it up here, but embodied wisdom is so different, so different. And so I know that it's not a good thing to hit my son. Right. And then Mm -hmm. there, then I can be a father who gets pushed over the edge and reacts and, and smacks my son in the face. And so if that's the case, does it mean that I, I still know, I know it's not the right thing to do. So what you were talking about, it's like in our heart of hearts, we're all, we all want to love and be of service, but yeah. the embodiment of that wisdom is where the practice and the mastery fits in. Yeah. And when we're calling men into a place that they're not ready to be in, there's got to be a, a more, more leadership, more leadership and, and also more patience and acceptance of yes. where they're at. Yeah. And what I think what I was speaking into was kind of calling in that, like, I want to see that king warrior teacher fucking delivering the truth and like calling you out on your shit and holding you to that standard while simultaneously reminding you that like it wasn't even your like choice to be an idiot or to be a jerk or to be mm-hmm. an asshole or to be out of integrity, right? It's like it's mm-hmm. something we're all waking up to. 
Yeah. Right. I had this point where I, I literally like woke up to the fact where I was like, whoa, whoa, like I'm legit. Well, I guess the first time it came up was when I heard the idea of non-consensual sex in my own head, right? Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like, if I see some woman and then I'm having like, you know, these reactive kind of sexual thoughts in my head, that's mm-hmm. non-consensual. And like, she didn't give me, like, she, she's not like a part of that conversation or that dialogue or that image. Mm-hmm. And it brought up this interesting thing, not whether of like, whether that's right or wrong or not. Right. But it brought up this conversation of like, Whoa, did I actually stop and go, wow, there's a beautiful woman. Let's fantasize about her for a moment. Or was it just me r- noticing that that fantasy was this automatic thing that pops up? Totally. man. Right. So yeah. that's been this, this, this really fascinating. And I, and the part that almost that I, not almost, but that I feel really deserves compassion for all humans is that we're built to run automatic reactive programs. Like that's mm-hmm. how, that's just how biology works so that it can protect itself, right? Organize data and allow it to function as a, you know, a harmonious element within nature, right? Yeah. But it's just, it's fascinating how in the human world, there's all these little components where that gets triggered and then somehow gets triggered into this like shadow version of it instead of it's just like, oh, this is like <laughs> such a normal thing going on, but... It's Anyways, so funny, man. No, you're, you're totally tapped in because like, like I said, two weeks ago, the conversation was about porn. And then naturally that conversation led into be, becoming bigger than our biology and not making yeah. it, not making our biology wrong. You know, that, that you are not your thoughts. You are not a bad person because you had an impure thought. That's some, yeah. that's some religious programming bullshit that we yeah, can like all who choose said to it's let impure go anyways, right? Like yeah. there's so many places to check it, check in on it. Yeah. Just, just watch National Geographic for a few minutes. You know, the, the, the hottest, the hottest chick on the Savannah is everybody wants to get, get with, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's just real talk. Yeah. But we can also choose to rise above our biology because we have this consciousness. As humans, we're not strictly reactive, instinctual beings. We have access to that. And we also have access to choice. And I think that's a really nice way of bringing this conversation of mastery full circle because every single one of us can choose to appreciate the beauty of an, of a really attractive woman and not make it about some sexual fantasy we live out in our head. We can do yeah. the courageous thing and go up and, uh, and tell her how beautiful she is and that we appreciate her beauty. It gave me a lift in my day without exactly. sexualizing it. We can, we can yeah. drink well, it up, you know? Yeah, so, oh my God, so good. And I, and I will just piggyback and like affirm that that has actually been probably, not that I've never been the like pickup artist kind of guy or like trying to like hit on women essentially, mm-hmm. but there are moments where I feel so overly compelled to like share just like, oh my gosh, thanks for reminding me like how beautiful the world is that I live in. And those have always gotten like the most incredible responses from women from me too, right? Because there's sure. this conversation of like what's appropriate and then, and I know men secretly are like, all right, sure, what's appropriate, but also what's still effective, right? Because I'm trying to, <laughs> I still want to make the connection, right? I still want to do that. Right. So just, I just want to affirm that like when I have spoken from that totally honest place, almost emotional at times where it's just like, because it's emotional too in that vulnerability of like, well, I'm going to try to share in this way and I hope she receives it well. And, right. you know, and it's just the practice of it. Like that has just gone so well every time I feel into that. Mm-hmm. And that's specifically been the thing I've been reprogramming for myself, which is when I see a beautiful woman to let that be a symbol that I live in a beautiful world and, mm-hmm. and essentially nothing else. Right. And then my mind goes into like, wow, like how beautiful and how cool that she was the symbol for that. And I wonder what her life is all about. I hope she's having a great day and I hope she's happy. And like the difference between like a reactive thought of, wow, I hope that incredible human being gets the love she deserves and is happy and is healthy versus like some, you know, I don't know, kind of grotesque primal, just like, you know, other stuff. Yeah. And I love that I can sit with both of like both of those truly being okay Cause I also know on a level that woman like wants that primal connection and that like deep, intense sexual uh, freedom and all these things. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. I've been playing around with this idea where it's like this, how we're navigating all this can feel delicate. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's delicate. I think we're very resilient, but it is sensitive. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think there's a distinction there where we want, need to honor the sensitivity in the same sense where if you like cut your, arm or something, that area is going to be sensitive for a while, but that doesn't take away from the fact that you're in this like resilient body that can heal itself. Yeah. I like that. That's really, that's really great, man. Yeah. Cause even the word sensitive, it's just, it's engaging our senses. It's engaging our, anything that is triggering is going to engage our senses. It's going to push up against that, that fight or flight. Is this, is this safe? Is this, is this actually a safe 
thing for me. So I like that distinction, man. Sensitivity versus what was the frigid? Was it the, the sensitivity versus Del- delicate? Delicate. delicate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, not definitely, man. The body, the human, the human being, the human spirit is so resilient, man. And we got to really appreciate that and lean into it. Yeah, man. This has been an amazing conversation. I, I love the way that we've been able to dance all over the map and cover a lot of territory. I think it's been really valuable in terms of this conversation of practicing manhood, this conversation of how we can better our best as men, as individuals and make it a very personal thing while being in this collective conversation of men owning our masculinity and and being who the world needs for us to be right now. So thank you, dude. And I hope it, I hope it can feel like a good, I hope there's some guys listening who maybe hopefully even unconsciously are picking up like this is a good example of like how men can be engaging right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I've also really found like I, even last year I went through this uh, a few month phase where I was actively reaching out to men in my life. And specifically even like one of those things was asking like, Hey, do you like reactively kind of fuck every woman in your head that you see on the street? Like, is that going on for you too? Mm-hmm. Cause it's going on for me. I don't know if it's just from all the porn. I don't know if it's from, cause that's also something I've been healing and cleansing from. Right. So it's like just that willingness to really look. And again, not from this place of like, Hey, I'm this broken man and I'm contributing to this like global problem of, of toxic masculinity. And Hey, like let's oh, figure yeah. this all out. So, you know, uh-huh. we don't get burned at the stake, but instead it's like, Hey, <laughs> obviously something really real is happening. It's important. It's meaningful. It's emotional. It's, it's, it's so real. And how can we, you know, navigate this conversation? And, 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 and clearly there's a conversation between the men that is necessary just as there's one between the women in a sense. And I don't want to, time is a funny thing, but I'm going to put in quotes like before the men and women fully have their healing conversation together. Absolutely. Right. You know, I think it's, it's all ultimately happening at the same time, but from a certain perspective, it's like, how do we really cultivate that sense of safety within our own? Cause I, I, and I know we're wrapping up here, but I just, I, I really, I'm not a fan of the whole the energetics of what creates us like there's men and there's women, there's mm-hmm. masculine and there's feminine and creating this like two different camps when it's like, dude, it's just the camp of us. We're here and we're on earth and nobody has any fucking clue what's going on. Right. That's the <laughs> camp we're all in. Yep. Right. So as, so I think there's like constantly bringing the, that back into the equation too, where it's like, all right, men, let's go figure it out. Women, you go figure it out, but we're going to see you later and we're all going to figure it out together. And like, yeah. that's the real work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for so sure. Man. I, I just, I just love being able to practice and, and jam with you. Thanks for being, you know, cause this was like our first time diving in. So it's always, it was awesome to kind of just see where we, where we kind of hit each other and, and, and kind of grow off of each other's ideas. And I'm sure there's a lot more to come. So. Absolutely, man. It's definitely, definitely clear. We could probably do part two, three, four, and five all in one shot, but right? <laughs> we'll, we'll let it, we'll let the medicine cure for a little while and then come back and circle around in the future. We got, we got off to such a hot start. I didn't get to ask you the question I usually lead off with. So I'm going to, I'm going to ta- tack that on to the bonus round here, lightning style. Right. So, you know, one, two sentences, Max. First question, what is the difference between a boy and a man? The difference between a boy and a man. Wow. So what came to mind was intention, right? Mm-hmm. Based off this conversation, when I think of me as a boy, I'm not considering much of anything I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. But then I start to get these natural rite of passages in my life. Like, oh, when I'm not intentional with these people, they're not happy with me. If I'm not intentional with these projects, they don't get completed. So that's, that's the first answer that came to mind. That feels really good, actually. Yeah, I like that. That's a big, that's a big piece, piece of it where you get, it's almost like you're given the invitation of like, hey, are you willing to ha- take the responsibility that you can have an intention mm-hmm. and then to move forward with that? And some guys turn that into a family, some turn that into business, some turn that into both, but it's all this like legacy of, of how we get to create and yeah. impact the world. Awesome, man. I love that. Love that one intention. Okay. Next one. What is one thing that you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18? When I was 18. <sighs> When I was 18, I wish I would have learned about the power of the breath and my body, like mm. just the, the, the built-in default, like straight up at any moment, I can decide how I'm breathing and that 100% reflects and like shifts my state of being. Mm. And I, I learned that maybe when I was 23, 24, and it's only in the last two or three years that it's, it's been a real practice and it's like so real and it's like a relationship that I have. So mm-hmm. it would have been nice for that. I, I, I could have... Uh, you know, bypass quite a bit of anxiety and, and un, unpreferable things, I'm sure. So breath for work, sure, for man. sure. 
That's awesome. Uh, and then last one, what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Ooh. Oh, that's so good. Most important value to have as a man, just because it's me. And it's, like, I have to say love. Mm-hmm. I have to say, cause it's, that's just it. That's, that really is all it comes down to. And when you value love one, I love that that's an invitation. It's like, well, what is love for you? Like, what does that mean? And is it, and where is it loving yourself? Where is it loving others? Where is it loving just the fact, like I, I have this relationship where I love the fact that I even exist, which is constantly inviting me to this, like, well, how do you want to show up to that? How do you want to respond? What do you want to do about it? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you love that you exist. What do you want to do? And sometimes it's like, oh, I want to play music. This is great. And then I share it with people or, oh, I want to make content or I want to like, right. I want to share it with my clients. So just I, for me personally, as a man, having that come in as this invitation of like, dude, you exist. Isn't this fucking incredible? Like, how do you, can't you feel that? Like that's love, dude. Can't you feel that? Great. What do you want to do with it? Yeah. Right. And, and all the value that I put into the world has always come from that foundational intention of love. And, all, and the only value in a sense that I get from the world is love in some form. Mm. Right. So that's, that's definitely my, my response. I like how that feels. Awesome, man. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And then last but not least, how can the people follow you, track your journey, work with you, anything yeah. exciting coming up on the horizon that we want to let the audience know about? Yeah. Thanks, man. If you're listening to this, you're, I'm sure you're seeing my name or you saw it somewhere. Just search my name on Instagram or Facebook and you'll find me on there. I'm a real person. So if you're like, <laughs> Hey, this guy's cool. I want to connect or I want to ask him a question or just say anything, like send me a message. I'm a real person. I'll see it. I'll read it. I'll get back to you. That's usually the easiest. There's always things changing with my website and all that kind of stuff. And then I do ha- actually have an, I have an event coming up in LA. I'm not sure when this is going to go out, but that's going to be in uh, April five, six, seven. Nice. called Self Alchemy Live. So if you're a guy or a woman interested in like really playing around with self-mastery, but then bringing that into a social setting, right? Actually being able to like be it with other people and move through the, the fears and the things that come up with that. And then how does that translate beyond the social circle into like what we're creating and contributing to the world? Um, you're you're going to totally dig that event. So that's what I got going on. Awesome, man. Awesome. We'll make sure that we put up all the links for that in the show notes. Uh, this will definitely be out in time for, for folks Beautiful. to get involved in that. So you guys, I definitely, definitely recommend you following this man here. This was our first conversation, but I've been tracking him for a while. He's, he's definitely what I like to call the real deal, Holyfield. And uh, look forward to connecting <laughs> more, man. Look forward to connecting yeah, more, especially so since we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah, you're super close, dude. That was good news. That was really good news. So we'll definitely, uh, we'll be playing around some more soon. For sure, man. Well, thanks for taking the time and being on here, bro. You got it. Thank you. There you have it, folks. Another amazing episode, another amazing interview with a man who, like I said at the beginning, is really embodying the work and the message that he is speaking into the world. I love this topic of mastery because it's something that all of us, I believe, are called to in some form or fashion. And everybody's journey of mastery is different. The journey is what it's really all about. The step-by-step, every practice, everything we're doing in our lives to sharpen our tools, to be our best selves for the people that we can be of service to, whether it's our families or our communities or our clients, the people who lean on us and count on us for the unique gifts that we have. And I really enjoy the way that Nathaniel shines a light on what that journey is all about, especially for those of us like myself who have a tendency towards perfectionism, who have a tendency to be very self-critical and self-analyzing his perspectives on mastery and the journey itself are, I find to be very liberating, very freeing. And so I hope that you got as much out of this episode as I did. And like I said, any opportunity to speak about this is very enlightening and very inspiring. So for anything we spoke about in this episode, how to get involved with Nathaniel and everything else that we talked about here, check out the show notes for links and resources at therisingmanpodcast.com. Please subscribe to The Rising Man Podcast. Follow us on the app that you listen to us to. Share it up, tag it up, send it to as many men as you can think of because we are all about making this message and this movement grow. Leaving comments and reviews about the podcast also really helps to boost our ratings and get the attention of more men who are looking for this support. I say this every once in a while, but you really have no idea 
how much your comment could influence another man. If the words that you said resonate with a man who decides to listen to the Rising Man podcast and gets one nugget that helps him in his life, then you've done a great service and an impact that you'll never even see the limits of. So take this time, take this moment, opportunity to go give us a rating and a comment with whatever you think authentically we deserve to hear. We love reading all the feedback that you guys are giving us. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast for all of the amazing content that my man Rowan has been producing and check out a deeper understanding and a deeper reflection on each of these episodes. I really value the social media platforms and how we can share our message in all these different ways. So make sure you go support us, share us, send other men to follow us on Instagram because uh, like I said, it's all about making this movement grow. Shout outs to my power team, especially this week, my man, Sean Offenbach, who is burning the midnight oil to get this episode out there on time for all of you guys so that it's waiting when you wake up on Thursday morning. Appreciate you, Sean. Make sure you guys give him a follow as well on Instagram at Infinite Melodics, M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram and my power squad, the rest of you guys, the other horsemen that sit at the high council of the rising man, Rowan Tyne at Rowan Tyne on Instagram, Julian Subic and Mark Rose. So grateful for each one of you men. And let that be a one last reminder before we wrap up here that if you guys don't have a power circle of men in your life, then that should be mission objective number one is find your power circle of men one way or the other. A great place to find us is at the Rising Men Fire Circle this Saturday, February 23rd. If you're interested, shoot us a message quick so we can get you on board. And if not, you can always catch a future one. We're going to be doing these once a month from here on out, you guys. All right. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.